Hey everybody, we're back at it again. Another episode of We the Brothers. It's your host, Julius Freeman. I'm excited to talk to you all today. We're talking about COVID-19, the ramifications, and where we go from here. Let's do this, y'all. So we're here again with another episode of We The Brothers Podcast. I think this semester we've decided that, you know, it's just going to be a me, a brother <laughs> podcast uh, because, you know, it, it just has been difficult to get me and Mandela together. But I promise you, we will get my my brother Mandela on this show and we will have an official We The Brothers in full force and full effect soon. Uh, but until then, I think I, I will suffice. I think I will be sufficient, hopefully. Uh, so I appreciate you all for listening and continue to listen through the semester, through these past couple episodes. I love doing this. This has been so much fun for me, a dream that I always wanted to do a podcast and now I get to do it. So thank you for allowing me to have the opportunity, Bearcast Media and those of you who listen. So today I want to talk about COVID-19, the ramifications, what does our future look like, and where are we going, you know, uh, and how I feel about it personally. I think there is a lot to talk about here, so I want to be specific on where I'm going, and I'm not going to talk about everything because I obviously don't have the time, so if I leave anything out, don't be upset with me. It's the time limits. I know there's so much more to talk about. But I hope to get into some juicy stuff for you guys in the amount of time that I do have. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was just the impact that COVID-19 has had on our society in general. I don't think that as a human being, I've ever experienced this. Well, I, I'll say this as an American I've never experienced anything like this, you know, being at least not in remembering that I experienced it, like being forced to stay in your house for months on end. And then all the new mandates and rules that we have now, it is just weird. It it, is changed the whole, it's almost changed the culture. Like it's, actively and rapidly changing the culture as we know it of America and it's been weird to watch like I don't know what to do with it um I just feel unprepared for the new landscape that we have as I think most people do um 
I am generally a person who doesn't mind being alone. I actually enjoy my alone time. It, for my personality, it actually is a time of reflection and relaxation and way to recoup from the daily, you know, engagement with society that sometimes can be overwhelming. It's my time to do that. But this was a different amount of alone time. Like I had my parents, of course, with me, but I still felt this loneliness of that I could only talk to my friends on the phone. Every way I was interacting with society was through my phone screen. Like there was no real interaction with others. And I didn't know how much I would miss that until this happened, until COVID-19 happened. Um, I've, I've never seen... I've I've never thought about how many people can die so quickly before. Um, Just not in this way. Like I didn't, like you know about car crashes, you know about the flu, you know about other things. But this was just unique. Like it was just like 2,000 people died today. I don't know how you, I don't know how to compute that, you know. I don't know how to put that in my mind. I don't know how to deal with that as a as a person that that many people lost their lives that that many people lost their mother their brother their father their grand somebody their grandfather their grandmother that that is heartbreaking and to think about that death and that every single one of those people did not want to die and that this thing just got sprung on all of us all of a sudden Man, it, it's it's nerve wracking to think about how COVID nineteen made me think about how powerless we are to the <laughs> whims of the earth, the whims of nature, the whims of God. You know that we have at any moment everything everything that you know hold dear could be shut down could be stopped. I mean, I remember the first month, those of you who go to UC, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but like, I remember the first month of uh, the, uh, after the outbreak of COVID, like we'd gone into lockdown. The first thing I heard, one of the first things I heard from UC was that they ended the entire program for men's soccer. Like not, hey, we won't have a a season this year. They shut down the entire program. There were, I mean, there are guys with scholarships to play soccer there. There were seniors. There were guys who had, you know, visions, dreams, all these things. Soccer was their life. And in an instant, with the snap of a finger, gone. No jobs for the coaches, for the people who work for that team, nothing. All of it gone. All the hard work that you had done over the off season, everything that you'd done prepare, you felt ready. This was your year if you were a soccer player, gone. What? And and it was just it just happened. I mean. And you just saw this happening all over the country where 
sports programs just being shut down. Like, not we're not going to have a season. Just done. There is no more of this sport at this university. And there were players. What did they do? What? How did they handle that? Do you get el- eligibility? Where do you go now? Do you transfer? Do you get to keep that scholarship? I mean, and this was that is a minor piece of the ramifications of COVID. The amount of people that lost their jobs because they worked in a service job, like in a, a diner or a bar, restaurant. Uh, that just could not, were not allowed to work anymore because the places where they work got shut down. All of them lost their jobs. I mean, millions of people went on unemployment all at the same time. And millions of those same people are still on unemployment because now it looks like we're going back to what we did because there's another outbreak. I, I mean, it's it's just amazing to think about all the craziness that just happened all at once. So let's say that you had a family member who died from COVID, then you lose your job, <laughs> then your kids can't go to school, you're stuck in the house with your spouse, you guys have never had to spend time like this together, you know? Because not every relationship is built that way. Maybe your relationship is built on the balance that, you know, we're not, you know, I'm jumping all over the place, but stick with me. Uh, But maybe your relationship is built on the balance of we're not always around each other. Because that may not be the best thing for us. Like everyone thinks that in a relationship, it means you have a good relationship if you can be around each other 24-7. That's not necessary. That's not how this works. Every relationship is different and unique to those two individuals. So you don't have, if your relationship doesn't function well when you're constantly around each other, then sometimes you guys need like intermittent space where like you guys are away from each other because you go to work, she goes to work or he goes to work, you know, you guys do your own separate things, separate from each other, and you come back to each other. And that is comforting for you. But when you're just just locked up together and, and there's nothing else but the two of you for months, we're, we're not talking a week. Like, that's a vacation, you know, a two weeks. That's a, you know, we're talking months of being locked up with these of, of, with your significant other. And let's say you have children. No one handles being locked up well, especially not children who have a lot of energy. So now you are in a position with your your significant other. You know, this isn't what you guys do. You don't spend time like this this long together, just the two of you. And now you start to see things that you don't like about them. You start to pick up on things. You guys are arguing more. You're fighting more. Like, this is just not a good situation. Now you're doubting the relationship. Do I want to be in this? And now you've gotten into arguments where you can't take back what you said. And now when we come out of quarantine, the relationship dynamic has completely changed because you guys said and did some things during that time that are irreconcilable. Like, you can't take it back. Irreversible type of things. 
I mean, your kids are are not the same because they've just gone through this. It's a traumatic experience being locked up and not being able to go outside, not being able to interact with the world. You were just able to your kids were just able to interact with their friends. Or if you're a college student, you were just able to be on campus. You were just able to do all these things. And then that was gone. What if you were alone? Like, what if you were a student who, you know, a college student who lives alone? You get your uh, you get through things because you have your own apartment and you get to see your friends whenever you want to see them. You know, you can go to the people's place. You go home, visit your parents. But now it's maybe not a good idea to go home with your parents because you don't know if you got COVID. You don't know what happened. That was a weird time, especially in the beginning. No one knew what they had, what they had been exposed to. Because it just spread so fast. So now you can't really go home. You know, they're telling you that you that's probably not the best idea. And so you've made that agreement with your parents and now you're staying home by yourself in your own apartment. But you can't see your friends either. Because you're in lockdown and you're there for months by yourself. I heard someone say it. It's forced a forced time of reflection. You are now thinking about things, remembering things, reflecting on things that you had blocked and pushed down into your subconscious so far that you thought you would never have to dig it up again. And now you're alone dealing with those things. Dealing with the darkest aspects of your personality, of your mind, of your heart, alone. Yes, you can call people. Yes, you can FaceTime others. But no one's there, physically there. And and we learned. We always we knew that, you know, loneliness and isolation was a, a, a trend that was growing. In our society, you know, each generation was becoming more isolated, more lonely, more depressed, more anxious. But this just exacerbated it a hundred times. Now we literally had no interaction. There was no way to interact. Before we were just we just weren't, but we had the opportunity. Now we didn't even have the opportunity. We were forced to not interact with others. The 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 Depression skyrocketed, suicide skyrocketed, anxiety, all these terrible mental health issues skyrocketed, homelessness, debt, financial uh, debt, uh, joblessness, people being laid off, people filing for bankruptcy, all of these things skyrocketed with COVID, businesses being shut down. Domestic violence, murder, alcoholism, drug abuse, everything. And this is global. This isn't just America. Everyone, it went up for everybody. And so now we come to the point where we're talking about doing this again. And it's a struggle for me because the first time around, I said, you know what? This is the right thing to do. We'll do it. We'll get through this. We'll flatten the curve. You know, I was on board. I was skeptical, but I was on board because the doctor said that this would work. The expert said that this would work. So let's do it. We come out of it. It did. It was decent. We did okay. We did a good job for the most part. 
And then we just went back to normal life. As soon as they let people out, everybody was like, COVID who? COVID what? Man, I'm going to this party. I'm going to this person's house. I'm getting together with 20 of my best <laughs> 20 of my best friends right now. Like there's not a pandemic going on. And that's just how it went. And then we're, we find ourselves in a similar situation where we're even getting worse numbers than we did when this originally started. So now they're talking about doing it again. I don't know this time. I'm not feeling it this time. And, I, and I'll talk to you, though, those of you soon who are like, you're not feeling it. It's the right thing to do. I'll talk to you in a minute. Let me just explain my thoughts first. I'm not feeling it this time. We tried it. It did not work. Clearly, Americans are too individualistic, too independent. We tried it once. You got us to do it once. We're not going to do it again. There are more reasons than just the selfish, my freedom, my rights type of thing. There's more to it than that. I know a lot of people like to use the straw man of saying that's the only reason and act like or act like that's the only reason people don't want to go into lockdown again. You know why. I mean, we'll talk about it. But I, I don't want to do that again. So even if it is just my rights, my freedom, what about my health? OK, so. We are all at threat. Let's not get into the, the lie and the the uh, the false information out there that you won't be affected by this if you're young and you get it. There are long-term effects that the doctors have laid out that there's evidence of. You do not want to get COVID. Like, you should not just go get COVID and then you'll be fine. No, that is a terrible, idiotic idea. Don't do that. But I will say that the, uh, the dark side of doing lockdowns, the dark side of shutting down the country is it worth it? I, just listen to me. <laughs> Thousands of people have probably committed suicide. Probably. Or maybe in the hundreds. I'm not sure. So don't trust me on that number. But people are committing suicide. Depression is going up. Anxiety is going up. Homelessness. Drug abuse, alcohol abuse, domestic violence, murder, crime in general, violent crime, all going up. It seems like, and these are all correlated with the lockdowns, it seems to me that lockdowns are having an adverse effect, a more negative effect than it would be, say, we were doing what we're doing now where everyone's kind of just figuring it out as they go, wearing masks, trying to socially distance. Obviously, there's people who don't do it correctly and disobey the rules, but they are who they are. I don't know if the benefits of doing a lockdown to j flatten the curve and get rid of or somehow that will magically get rid of COVID or flat, you know, flatten the curve, as we say. If that's worth it compared to the downsides of just health, of, of 
people that I've just described. We haven't even talked about people losing their jobs, people losing their homes, people losing their car, losing everything because they're in a lockdown. I don't know if that's worth it. I don't know if that's beneficial. I don't I don't I don't know if that's the best plan of action. We tried it, it did not work clearly the first time. Don't do it again. Try something else. Find another option. It hurts people. The World Health Organization said this is a bad thing. <laughs> Go look it up. They did not say it as plainly and as elementary as I just said it. But they said that it had a terrible effect on the health of people globally. That the lockdowns were a terrible thing for human beings. That it just opened the Pandora's box of bad outcomes and negative results. So it's probably not the best option. Find something else. That. Find something else, politicians. Find something else. That's what we pay you for, is to find ways to protect us. You got to find something better or something that will help the people in some way. I'm okay with, you know, DeWine and other politicians doing, uh, you know, um, curfews and things like that. Try something. Do whatever you can not to go into lockdown again because I'm te- it's not going to work. It's not going to turn out well for people. So this is my message to those of you who like to, you know, just straw man the argument. I understand what you're saying, that we need to do what we can to protect those around us. That's the right thing to do. That's the empathetic, empathetic, empathetic thing to do, the compassionate thing to do, the humanitarian thing to do, to just do what is called upon you to protect everyone else. But what I will say to you is that I think you're being willfully ignorant to a degree. I think you might be a little privileged if you're saying that so um, flippantly um, without any other consideration. I think you might um, be missing the point. I think in the terms of willful ignorance, I think you know that there are legitimate reasons why people don't want to go into lockdown again and why some people can't just, you know, stay inside. But you don't, you kind of just dismiss that. Like, I know about those people. Those are the majority of the people. (laughs) That's the people. Like, most people are just trying to work. The vast majority of Americans are just trying to work and trying to get things done. You're talking about college students. They're less than a third of the population. Less than a third. Less than a, a, probably a fourth. Most of the population doesn't go to college. So that's not even a, a major group in terms of pure numbers. Most people are just going to work, trying to make money, trying to survive this pandemic. And you're just treating it so simplistic, like it's just an obvious thing that they should do. They tried it. It didn't work. People have to work. We have to open up the economy. It's not about safety versus me losing my house versus me not being able to uh, feed my children. I think people will take that bet. I think they'll take that, that opportunity. 
if you are a single mother, if you are a parent, what are you willing to sacrifice to make sure that your children are provided for? Are you willing to risk going out into dangerous situations where you could possibly get COVID or possibly spread it? I bet you are. I bet you would. If you had to, if that's what your job entailed, I bet you would. And millions of Americans find themselves in this position. If you lost your job because of the lockdowns, why would you want that to happen again? You just got your job back. The restaurant that you work at just opened up again. You're making money. You're able to finally pay your bills. You're not going to get evicted. You won't need a moratorium anymore. What are, what are people supposed to do? And then the it's crazy to me how somehow the media and politicians have found a way that when crazy stuff happens and mistakes are made, that they have found a way to make Americans turn their ire and their anger towards their fellow citizen and not towards them. The, the, the government, the United States government, the politicians, the experts were the ones who lied about masks. They were the ones who lied about the seriousness. Trump and all. Fauci lying about masks. Trump lying about when he knew about the virus and how serious it was. They are the ones who put us in this position. But somehow they've twisted it in a way where we are angry at other people, other fellow Americans. Because it's their fault somehow. Not pointing out the fact that we need a second stimulus, but Congress and the, the Senate seem okay to let time keep going on while people continue to lose their jobs, continue to lose their homes. But we're supposed to be mad at Jason who won't wear a mask when he goes into CVS. I honestly don't care. I'll go, we'll go into lockdown if you give us some money. If you give people a way to provide for their families, but that clearly seems not to be the plan and not does not seem to be what's going to happen. So, no. Find another way. It's not going to work. You got to figure it out. There's got to be something else unless you're going to give people money and a way to provide for their families. And no, it's not just because people are selfish. People have real lives, real families to provide for. You should consider that before you talk about it. This is more complicated than just a simple Democrat versus Republican talking point type of thing. Don't be small minded. Don't be closed off to the experiences of others, even those who disagree with you, because everyone can teach you something. That's what I want you guys to learn. That's what we, me and Mandela, I want you guys to learn. Everybody can teach you something. Everybody has a story and a message for the world. Well, guys, this has been another episode of we the brothers podcast or me the brother as i said earlier and i hope you guys tune in next time hope you enjoyed the conversation and if you ever find me i'm on instagram at at julius underscore the underscore though and you can dm me and we can talk more about this if you want thanks y'all